0: Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. I have emerged from my um, my hyperbaric chamber, and I am ready, post-Marvel Cinematic Television season, to chew over the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Matt.
0: Indeed, after a whopping 43 episodes of Marvel Television, today we put to bed uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 kind of wrapping things up. And Pete, let's start with some season highlights for you.
1: I would definitely point to the mid-season finale in December, which I know was billed as the winter finale, but was really the fall finale. Anyway, (laughs) it was the 10th episode of the season, and this was the season... Um, in which we moved into superheroes when they had distanced themselves so much early on in season one from that, particularly the Inhumans. And, you know, the the tagline early on was, what will they become? And to have uh, Sky become uh, essentially Quake, though that's not been spoken on screen. Um, but Matt maybe and for me more resonantly to lose um agent Antoine triplet in the process uh played by the wonderful bj Britt, um a bittersweet highlight of the season for me
0: i totally agree and you know, all of us in fandom, we have these we have these images that, you know, after after they rap for the evening or for the season or before winter break, Christmas time, whatever it is, you just have this image that they all hang out and have fun. And you know, we we know all the stories where they don't, you know, William Shatner didn't exactly know what everybody else knew in the nineteen sixties about George Decay, for example, just things like that. But you look at social media Throughout the entire television season year, how BJ Britt would occasionally be hanging out with these Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people. I was convinced the whole time, oh, that's because he's going to come back somehow, even if it's in flashback or that sort of thing. And I appreciate the narrative fortitude that it took to keep Trip dead, to keep Trip gone, because we're going to go back and rewatch those episodes at some point. And it's just going to hurt all the more knowing that that he's this he's this finite character who could have been on for the remaining seasons and um, a tough a tough loss certainly in the first half of the season.
1: It's been a big criticism of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that their characters don't die for good. This show is in existence because of a character not dying on the screen in. Um, Clark Gregg's uh, director, Coulson. So y- you have to mean it at some and has to have teeth. Speaking of teeth, Matt, and nay, even thorns, um, the Reyna uh, subplot in the second half of the season, let's not forget, too, that she was transformed by the uh, Terra um, and the, uh, the miss there in the alien city under uh, San Juan and um, you know, the makeup and uh, was doing a little reading recently, uh, sent an article by um, one of our listeners um, talking about the process of, of doing that and even, you know, writing it on the page and, and seeing it through. And remember, you know, her nickname was flowers and she was conceived in this appearance not as an animal, but as a flower, as the, the thorns coming through her there. So a little botany as opposed to pure biology. Um, that was definitely a highlight for me as well.
0: There was never a time where she was on screen as great as, as the character of Raina was and the settings she was in and the makeup she was given. There was never a time where I wasn't thinking about how difficult it must have been for Ruth Nega to be in that Prosthetic makeup. Uh, even if you sit and you know look at you know say the different Star Trek characters who have had full face makeup and stuff over the head and wig and whatnot, and and we've heard some of the stories live. Pete, uh, Renee Aboriginal, for example, talking about just how awful it is to be encased in this in this latex you then add to it in ruth nega's case uh the contact lenses which probably not a particularly big deal but then just lack of lack of mobility in between in between filming with the spikes coming out of her head the spikes on her hand i mean it must have just been a pain in the butt to stop and have and have a ham sandwich and whatnot you're probably you're you're you want to run to the bathroom for goodness sake. I mean, you're concerned about either poking yourself or, you know, getting the makeup on your hand taken off and whatnot. So um, it must have been it must have been rough for her, but it's certainly a great, great arc for the character.
1: And on the teeth of loss here, you know, we lost Reyna, we lost um, <clears throat> Trip. Look at the characters in our finale. I mean, clearly the bad guys paid a bigger price between uh sky's mother xia ying and um gordon dr vital well a while ago dr vital um you know dr list um you know made it to the movie but we've never really gotten closure there so who's to say but um they're they're are increasingly consequences i mean we've seen this with the loss of of colson's hand and that surprise he didn't have the um the stark hand or the dr Cho reconstructed nano hand in the in the very next scene although you did hear something worrying i was worried we were gonna get i've just successfully 3d printed my hand (laughs)
0: I like that the season ends with that being kind of an open option. I like that the notion that they are recasting the team and recasting their resources, which means that the writers are essentially kind of redoing the series for the third time in three seasons. I like that they're doing that. I like that they're embracing it. And I think, Pete, that when 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 the writers' room uh, wrapped for the last day, They probably had some sticky notes or some notes in the binder saying, yeah, you know, maybe Robert Downey Jr. brings the hand or maybe this or maybe that. But I honestly think and I'm honestly refreshed by the idea that they walked out of there saying, I don't really know what we're going to do for season three. The, The sky's the limit, no pun intended. Blank canvas. Let's figure it out when the writer's room reconvenes in a couple months. Go recharge your batteries. We'll see where this adventure takes us.
1: We all know that it is in no way as simple as that, that there is a direction that they're going for. A lot of people are speculating that this new um, plan that Coulson and uh, Sky are working towards will inevitably become the secret warriors that Quake is associated with in the comic universe. But the beauty of this is its own thing and being able to tango out of something that may not be working or into something that they're feeling on set uh, is.
0: Well, certainly part of where the season went this year was integrating into more Marvel TV, namely Agent Carter, and we had kind of a a soft launch of sorts for that series with her presence in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, a lot less overt tie into the movies. I'm still not in love with the notion that in Avengers: Age of Ultron, it's you know, oh, some friends and mothballs, and in Agents of Shield, it's like, hey, we have a secret thing from a year ago. Fast forward to today. Glad Nick Fury got it. Hey, look, there's the Sky Story. Let's go that way. Um, but Pete, how do you feel about the rest of the MCU's integration into Agents of Shield this season?
1: It was obviously stronger early on i mean we had Haley atwell as peggy carter in the first episode of season two and that was intentional you're preparing to launch this limited run series of agent carter in a couple months and uh they were just about to get started filming so you throw her in there in a flashback with the howling commandos and it sets the stage of the um the scope of, of season two with what wound up being the obelisk, the diviner. Um, Clearly the connections coming out of age of Ultron with, all right, we had the helicarrier. It was the theta protocol. That's it. uh, Red herring esque, but they had prepared us. If you were reading, if you were paying attention that they wouldn't be obviously as connected as Captain America, Winter Soldier was. But Matt, I'm going to make a prediction.
0: Predict away, Pete. Now wait, is this a spoiler or a prediction? I just want to be clear. Yes. Oh, wow.
1: Um, Captain America Civil War is well into filming right now. All sorts of odds and ends are coming out of Atlanta. Um, My sources tell me we will have a highly integrated Season of Agents of Shield into what will become the Civil War, which you know, some places you turn based on the reaction to the original Avengers movie, the reaction to this one is a little muted. Uh, feels like the sounds turned down just a little bit on it, and and we say this about a film that just crossed the billion dollar mark worldwide. So you know what? Maybe the quietest billion dollars you're ever going to make. <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, the first two billion dollar movie will be uh, Star Wars Force Awakens in December. Uh, put that bet down now, sign for it in blood, I'll back it up. But you're going to have this movie in Captain America Civil War literally sneak up on people in the magnitude of what it's going to offer and where we're at a tipping point with agents of shield and Matt, you can speak to a moment of the third season renewal and what that means going forward. But now they're not playing anymore to keep playing for more. They're playing for keeps. And this third season from what I'm hearing is going to take some serious risks that will not pay off until you're sitting in a movie theater about a year from now watching Spider-Man and Black Panther and uh, these heroes we know and love uh, beat the crap out of one another.
0: Well, and indeed, looking ahead to season three, I mean, he- here are the facts. Now, I know nothing spoilery. I don't get those, you know, manila envelopes delivered to my, to my house the way Pete does. But here's the bottom line. Season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up with Coulson saying, Hey, let's look for powered people, Sky. You're the only one. Let's see if we can talk to some more. Um, by the end of the year, Marvel TV releases on Netflix, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, about a retired superhero who recently went public with her powers, didn't work out so well. So now she's going back to New York to open up a detective agency. Gee whiz, Pete. What is the likelihood that A.K.A. Jessica Jones gets launched on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where she has her brief but ineffective or disastrous time as a powered person and then decides to wrap that up, goes home, and let's go start my own series?
1: I think the uh, possibility is very strong.
0: For all the perhaps lack of integration into the different movie properties as well as all the TV properties – uh, this past season, of course, no no Daredevil um, presence on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. As you say, Pete, if they're going to do more next year and beyond and find that middle ground of this is not the, oh, there's no Tony Stark this week, click. You know, le- more oomph than that, but not kind of a completely solo show in its own vacuum. Season three is the time to do it.
1: Well, Matt, what about those season three and on Prospects
0: well, <laughs> Pete, when last we spoke about this mathematical fact it was a it was a an unbroken streak that since 2008 no broadcast TV show that had um, 66 episodes after three seasons, which is to say uh, three full seasons. Um, no show with 66 episodes after three seasons uh, had not been picked up for a fourth season. This is because of considerations towards syndication and reruns. Then Fox canceled uh, The Mindy Project. Now, if you are TV by the numbers, they're sticking by that and saying this is now a likelihood, no longer a certainty. That's fine if you're TV by the numbers predicting renewals. And we talk about renewals, but what we actually, we on this side of the fence, Pete, actually mean by renewals is we want more of our stuff. And if you're a Mindy Project fan, you can simply go to Hulu where they're going to be doing 26 episodes. So I would say that even though TV by the Numbers now has walked back that as an unbroken rule, I would say from the fan point of view, no show since 2006 that at least started on broadcast. And you know this this broadcast internet streaming model is changing. But no show since two thousand either six or eight, whatever I had just said, um, that has had thirty uh, that has had sixty six episodes after three seasons. No show has not gone on to make a fourth season. I could care less that it's on Hulu. If you're a, a, a Mindy Project uh, fan, you get more episodes. That's awesome. Great for you. So. There is no way that there's not season four of S.H.I.E.L.D. The, the TV landscape isn't changing that drastically, whether it's going to end up on Yahoo or Hulu or G-Wiz, Netflix or ABC. We have guaranteed in my book, I will say it now, uh, that uh, here May 19th, 2015, we have at least 44 more episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. At least. At least. Next stop, it'll be like Bones. It'll be like season 12 colson will have like a like a cane it's gonna be really exciting there's gonna be there's gonna be i don't know may's kid it's gonna be fantastic
1: will the cane be his left arm it it
0: might be it's gonna be like a robot thing
1: it'll extend like a tripod
0: it it just might then you could say colson has three legs kind of
1: well matt we're finishing up here but we love when our Listeners, um, reach out to us. And one particularly effective way to do that is by leaving feedback on iTunes uh, under uh, Fantastic Geek uh, Pop Culture Podcast, which gets all of our podcasts, or uh, on the um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, which uh, is where Wizard Heart 83 left a review here. The headline is Re Your Avengers Review. Three out of five stars. And it reads, you guys had a conversation about Dr. Cho being included for marketing reasons and I found that offensive. It is totally possible to have a woman of color in a role without there being a quote unquote reason. And you compared it to a situation where they put a character in one edition of the movie with a big role, but not in others. That's not really the case here? Question mark. I'm just reading how it's written. Also, she was in the comics. A quick Google search confirmed. I've liked your reviews generally, and I look forward to them, but this was not cool. If I misunderstood them, I'm sorry for ranting at you. Just listened recently as I waited to see the movie with a friend.
0: Well, Pete, I certainly appreciate the feedback there. And, and as I was reflecting on, on uh, the listener's comment, I, I, I did some digging. And certainly um, there's not kind of abject dislike of this character on the internet. In fact, uh, there's an article dated uh, May 11th on uh, thetoast.net, the-toast.net, that does point out, the following things about Dr. Cho um, in, in a positive way. Has a name, gets more than 30 seconds of screen time, does not die immediately, no martial arts skills, not a math tutor, nor a Geisha. Uh, and, and the list kind of goes on from there. So I will absolutely concede that the character of, of Dr. Cho is not a the lowest common denominator of some sort of racial stereotype. Absolutely. She plays an important role uh, in the story. But... I just think back to that after-party scene where every character that's there is a character that's been set up um, in other movies, and she's there too, and it did feel a little, a little shoehorned in. Certainly, I, I think Pete, our analysis was not—I um, don't know—that our feeling was she was there merely as a, as a racial stereotype or as a racial calling card, but just seeing that Marvel had done that before in the past um and seeing that this was a character that kind of entered the story rather out of the blue and and hung on like no other minor character uh did in the course of the story it, it was suspect at the very least so i would just say i don't know that the entire history of our podcasts deserves three stars uh or at least of the agents of shield podcast j- just for the one um the one comment there about Age of Ultron, but. I guess at the end of the day, I kind of stand by the notion that um, race considerations went into this character. Not just race, because believe me, I, let's, let's have movies in general. Let's have a Marvel Cinematic Universe that represents the, the corners of this globe. And no show does it better on TV right now than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with, with white, black, Asian, Hispanic multiracial relationships, you know, I mean I mean the number of Asian women in, in this show alone, I, I would be surprised if if any show has ever given such quality parts to Asian women. But I think um I think the character of Dr. Cho part of the genesis of her as a character was how can we get global appeal for box office, not, hey, let's represent the globe.
1: It. Certainly wasn't done. We're going to include an Asian woman so Asian people go see this. I, I think perhaps that's what um, the uh, reviewer here might be referring to some misunderstanding, perhaps, but it didn't come from, ironically, being a biologist as she is the most organic story point. Um, did you need her to be on this? And be able to get to uh, the vision. And I think everybody here can say, no, you didn't. Now, are they seeding that the fact um, that uh, Dr. Helen Cho is the mother of uh, a fairly important character in Amadeus Cho in the comics and, you know, known for rolling with the Hulk and stuff like that? They could be. You never know. We're not really um, exposed to the grand plan at this point. But given her screen time, um, certainly suspect in the way that it happened. And we were falling back on a previous example that there had been a storyline created solely for China. By the way, the largest emerging film market in the world, if you're just hearing this, um, that was not released anywhere else. Why? Marketing.
0: Now, I will admit, I, as particularly in my, in my spoiler-free globe, I, I had not been previously aware when we recorded the Avengers podcast that she was a Marvel character. That certainly makes me feel a lot better about the use of the character. I still think there's some shoehorning going on, but uh, it makes me feel, feel good that they were able to use a pre-existing property that also could help reflect the globe and you know i'm I'm sure there's a financial discussion let's not let's not pretend that there wasn't um but but that they were at least able to put um characters first and 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 the stable of marvel properties uh into play there and um i guess time will tell if this if, if dr cho is a character that we don't really see again then i think time will tell as to as to the character being a bit of a you know, kind of a bit of a magic maker that the story could turn on and thus not particularly deep. Um, If this is a character who continues to show up and perhaps makes it into the different TV properties and different movies and so on and so forth and becomes kind of like a, uh, you know, recurring smaller but beloved character, perhaps, you know, a la Q, let's say, in the James Bond films. Um, Although, can anyone be as beloved as Q? But I digress. Um. Then I think that will only uh, only help support the the potency that the character does have. But Pete, to bring things back to the potency of Agents of Shield, we certainly are looking forward to podcasting the next season when that occurs in September. I'm sure, probably late August, we'll do a. Uh, do kind of a preview episode as best as I, in my spoiler-free state, can. A reminder to our listeners on the Pop Culture Podcast feed uh, and also on FantasticGeek.com, we'll be having Star Wars Wednesdays where we uh, do commentary tracks to the first season of Star Wars Rebels. Definitely a much more more, uh, uh, (laughs) slower-paced, less in-depth podcast. Um, But, of course, Pete... Before August, we have the July release of Ant-Man that'll definitely be heard over the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast feed, a review of that. Looking forward to uh, The Little Guy. And Pete, how can The Little Guy and The Little Gal out there in Twitterland be in touch with you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R, J, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, r five thousand seven hundred seventy eight followers can't be wrong
0: and while i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast in four ways i'll tell you three of them we are fantastic geek that's fantastic with a ph and you can find us under the same name on the gmail the dot com and the twitter and pete but wait there's more
1: there is facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word just another way to be involved with what you hear here
0: here here and with that i will say one more time for the agents of shield podcast season two adios to all our listeners and give you pete the final final season two word
1: we do need your civil war